Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is March 21st, and our scripture passage for today is 1 Samuel chapter 2. Now, yesterday I dealt with introducing you to the Samuel Kings and Chronicles material, and we somewhat went over chapter 1, that is, skipped over it, but I want to go back and just remind you of the beauty of this story and the continuation of God's story of how he raised up one after another. No generation was left without a witness and a prophet or a preacher or a priest from God Almighty. And that is the case where we find Elkanah, who was a man who had two wives, Benina and Hannah. The story is told in the opening verses how that every year when they went to Shiloh, and remember, God said, I want you to go to Jerusalem, to Jerusalem. I want you to go to Shiloh three times a year at Pesach. We call that Passover. That is the beginning of everything on the 14th of Nisan. And it was called Aviv at this point, which meant spring. And then you had the festival of first fruits and unleavened bread. And after Passover, you would have a Shabbat. And after that Shabbat, the first day after the Shabbat, which is the first day of the week, we would call that Sunday after Passover, then that was the day when all of the first fruits, the sheaves of the barley harvest were brought to the tabernacle and then to the temple as a promise of God's harvest to come. Now you counted seven Shabbats or 49 days from that day of first fruits after Passover. And on the 50th day, that was the Feast of Weeks, as it is called. Shavuot. And it is also called in the New Testament Pentecost. Now, that's the Greek word for 50th day. This is how the people were to come. They were to come at Pesach. They were to come at Shavuot, Passover, the Feast of Weeks, 50 days later, after Passover, and then in the fall of the year when all the harvest was in and the summer was ended, they would get together for Sukkot. Sukkot is what we call tabernacles or booths. It comes from the word sukkah, which is the word for a tent or whatever the case might be. It might be a what we would call a lean-to or something along those lines. But the whole idea is that it was a time when they commemorated the wilderness wanderings and that they lived as strangers in a land where they were. And so those were the three times that it's talking about there in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And so you had Hannah, who was one of the wives, and no doubt God had shut her womb up for a purpose. He always does. When he does things, he doesn't do them randomly or just uh, perchance. He does it based upon his divine plan. And the scripture says in verse 8, Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? 
Now, that is just like a man. I'm telling you, you women know what I'm saying. Here, a woman is grieving over something, and a man thinks that his presence is it's all it takes, and everything's better. Oh, my. It's still with us today. Lord, help us. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. And now Eli... Eli, remember, is the way that it would be pronounced, my God. Now, Eli, or Eli, as we say, the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. By the way, the tabernacle now was not just a tent. The word for door is not like a tent door. It is the word for a door. And so there was a more permanent structure there, not like the temple. It was still a tabernacle, but it was more permanent. I believe they have found the base for that in Shiloh, and I've taken many, many people there to see it. It's the same dimensions, and it has a base, a more permanent base, because remember, the capital of Israel for 369 years was at Shiloh, Shiloh, and the tabernacle was there. So it had to have a more permanency to it because of the weather and everything that it stood for. And so you have different words for door, structure, those kind of things. So it was a more permanent structure. So he was sitting by the door. Hannah was in bitterness of her soul, and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, that is, one that would carry on the name, then I will give him to the Lord, that is, I'll give him back to you all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. In other words, he'll be a Nazarite. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Ellie watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Now this just simply says she was praying in her heart. Now some people will say this was a divine prayer language as in Corinth. You really have to stretch it here because she knew exactly what she was praying. It was not something unknown. She was praying out to God, crying out in her heart, and her lips were moving because she was mouthing out those words, but nothing was coming out. Why? Because it was a public place. She was a woman, and she was already weeping and crying, and so Eli thought she was drunk because there was nothing coming out of her mouth, but her mouth was moving, and she was crying. So Ellie said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. The God of Israel grant you your petition, which you've asked. And God did. And God gave a son. His name was Shmuel, Samuel. Now, it's interesting that the word Shmuel means hears. Uh, it's like Shma, Shma. It is a hero Israel. That's the, the same word, Shema. And uh, Shmuel heard of God or listened to God. In other words, 
it means to listen, but it doesn't mean just listen. It means to listen with a mind to obey. This is what's said of Abraham. He heard God. He listened to God, and he listened so he could obey. It's not just a matter of hearing. Many times a father or a mother will say to a son, did you hear what I said? Now, the reason they're asking it in that tone of voice is because they're not acting on it. The child's not acting on it. And so what you're asking is, did you not hear what I said with a mind to obey? Now, this is when God speaks to us. He speaks to us so that we can hear with a mind to obey. And so this is the whole thing that we have with the name of Samuel. And so here is Hannah asking God for something. And God granted the request, and Eli had uh, been a part of that uh, because he said, may God grant you your request, and God did that because of Hannah's prayer and because of the blessing of Eli, the priest. This is how it happens. Now, I cannot tell you how many children have been born because of prayers at Shiloh. Now, don't think I'm some kind of spooky icon place person, but I can tell you there's some places that are sacred to God. And they should be sacred to us. Does God hear us everywhere? Yes. Does God answer our prayers everywhere? Yes. But there's some places that his ears and his eyes are open to all the time. Places, not just people, but places where people pray. He said that at Mount Moriah and at Shiloh. I cannot tell you how many barren women, barren women who could not. They've tried everything. They've gone to fertilization clinics. They've done everything. They cannot have a child. They will come to Shiloh. They will pray. We will pray together. And God gives children over and over again. The Jews do this over and over again. This is a continual happening, and it happened there. It's a sacred place, and that's all I'm going to say, and uh, I'll let you take it from there. But I'll be delighted to tell you over and over again, give you names of people that have prayed there that were barren, and God granted their request. You say, well, that's because they ask in faith there. Well, whatever it is, of course they ask in faith. But that place evidently engendered faith in them for them to ask in faith and the grace of God. And so Hannah had a child, named him Samuel. And in chapter 2, you have Hannah's prayer, a beautiful prayer. I'll just call your attention to some of the verses and some of the stanzas. In verse 7, for instance, of uh, chapter 2, it says, The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. You see, Hannah understood she was nothing. She understood that it was not because of her that God answered prayer. It was because she asked, and he's a gracious God. And so as you read through this passage, she is anointed by God to sing this song. It says, for by strength, this verse 9, for by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. That's true. From heaven, he will thunder against them and the Lord will judge to the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. And Samuel was an anointed man of God. He fulfilled the role of a prophet. He fulfilled the role of a priest. And to some degree, he fulfilled the role of a ruler or a king, even though that's not what he's called. And then we're introduced in chapter 2 and verse 12 to the wicked son of Eli the priest. And it was an amazing thing 
thing that here was a man, and by the way, the same thing happened to Samuel. Eli did not reprimand his sons. He talked to them back, but he did not really stand up against them. And because of that, they lost their lives, and Eli lost his heritage as a priest because his entire heritage was cut off past him. So Samuel came and had to live among these wicked sons, and he knew what was going on, but he was a young man of wisdom. What happened was that Hannah fulfilled her promises that she made to God. She said, if you'll give me a child, I'll give him back to you. Now, he belongs to the Lord anyway, but she dedicated that child, Samuel, back. And I mean, she really gave him up. After she weaned him, she brought him to the tabernacle the worship center and said, Eli is yours. You raise him. I'll be back every year, three times a year. I'll come back and I'll bring him things as he goes along. But I want him to grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so verse 20 says, the Lord will give you descendants from this woman. This is what Eli said. The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan is what most of our Bible says. But the word is gift that was given to the Lord. That is, she gave him back. It wasn't a loan. No, if anything, he was a gift to Hannah, and Hannah returned the favor. Then they would go to their own home. And so uh, this is what happened year after year. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Now, isn't this the case so many times when God opens up a womb, he really opens up a womb? Many times women cannot have a child, then they adopt. And then it's almost like the pressure's gone, and they start having children. It's amazing to me. I don't understand all about that. I just observe it. And so there was a prophecy against Eli's house. You know the story. Here's an amazing thing to me as well about this chapter. After Eli knew about his sons and he knew what was going on and he did not stop them or remove them from their office, verse 27 says, Then a man of God came to Eli and said unto him, Thus says the Lord. Now, it's interesting. We don't know this man's name. We don't know anything about him. But God always has a man. So here came a man unknown. Not only do we not know him, but there is no record of him anywhere except here. Do you mean God uses people that are no names? I thought you had to have brochures and a website and your name and lights and propagate yourself and promote yourself. No, 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 no. You see, God raises up people out of nowhere because he's capable of doing that. You say, well, my name's not in lights. doesn't have to be. Well, nobody knows my name. They don't have to. Nobody knows who I am. The only one that needs to know who you are is God, and he will take it from there. And so this man made a huge difference in the life and the history of Israel, and we don't even know his name. And he said, the days are coming. This is verse 31. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house so that there will not be an old man in your house. I'm telling you, this was a strong, strong words. And there shall not be an old man in your house forever. Now, this shall be a sign to you, this verse 34, that will come upon your two sons on Hophni and Phinehas, Pincus, as he would be called, in one day they shall die, both of them. Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to all that is in my heart and my mind, and that is Samuel. And that's exactly what he did. He was the type of the one that would be coming that would be fulfilled in Mashiach, the anointed one. That's what the word Mashiach means. And so 
This is the story that we've come to so far. Eli's house is in trouble. God is raising up another. A man has come from nowhere, a no-name, to give a strong word from God. You see, that's the way it is. We need to listen to people because as we walk with God on the way, we're going to find out that God can use no-names to speak to us. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.